You're Going to Die, the podcast is brought to you by YG2D, a 501c3 nonprofit bringing diverse communities creatively into the conversation of death and dying, inspiring life by unabashedly sourcing our shared mortality. To find out more, visit www.yg2d.com. Now, I'll admit that some of our episodes can be rather intense in nature. No surprise, the podcast is called You're Going to Die. But I want you to know, this conversation is the most fun I've ever had talking about how we can care for our dead bodies. Trust me, it's enjoyable. Hey, everybody. Welcome to You're Going to Die, the podcast, your creatively conscious mortality podcast. And yes, this episode's conversation, I love it. You know, I still cry even a little bit in this conversation, but I love that Katrina Spade met me so passionately with so much heart. And there's moments in the conversation where I acknowledge that. It's just so meaningful to talk to someone who's brilliant. I think so smart and creating something so worthwhile at a time where it's needed in so many different ways, not just to like honor our lives and our deaths and our bodies when we go, but also to meet climate change and the needs we have to do things differently than we ever have. And additionally, what is it to like create something that allows for the living to see what's possible ahead for them when they die? knowing, like you've heard on this podcast before, like what a powerful thing to be creating and having conversations that remind us, us living, you and me right now, what's possible when we die and when we're dead, not just that it ends when we're gone and when we die, but that there's a way that there are things possible for us beyond that time, the way we're continually honored, the way we're cared for, as ancestors, as a part of lineage, and and really like just to trust that no matter what waits for us beyond death, that community, they're keeping us alive. They're doing things like what Katrina Spade and Recompose is up to, to keep us in a living conversation. And so, so many good things about this episode, including just good laughter and like a passionate, exciting exchange about something that I think commonly might feel morbid and dark. That is not what you're in store for here. So I'm so glad you're listening and I'm so glad you're here. I hope you enjoy this conversation with Katrina Spade. Katrina Spade developed the concept of human composting while earning her Master of Architecture from University of Massachusetts Amherst in 2013. She went on to invent a system that transforms the dead into soil and founded Recompose, a public benefit corporation based in Seattle, Washington, which offers the service to the public. Recompose led the successful legislation of human composting in Washington State in 2019. The process is now legal since then, and because of that, in Oregon, Colorado, Vermont, California, New York, and Nevada. 
I even went to recompose before even knowing I'd get to talk to Katrina because I wanted to find out how I could get in line for this procedure, that I could get in line for my dead body to get handled in this way. Oh, and you're going to do the same after you listen to this conversation. I hope you enjoy it as much as I did having it in this episode of You're Going to Die, the podcast with Katrina Spade. Yeah, you know how there are like many, many different people, organizations, governments, all working in, in different ways and at you know different amounts of success towards like solving the climate crisis. Um, and you know, you've probably heard like there it's a we need a toolbox. We need like there's many solutions. We can't. It's not like one thing is going to solve it all. Um, about ten years ago, I got. I was in grad school for architecture and I started to look into the absolutely fascinating funeral industry. And it was like totally from a personal perspective and a design perspective. Like why is it not changed in hundreds of years, you know, practically speaking and, Oh, I don't want either of those options, cremation or conventional burial. And, um, and so like, that's been my focus is like, how can our, our choices at the end of life, specifically with our physical bodies, but also with our, the way we consider the end of life. Um, how can that affect positively this, the planet? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, before and, that, I'm like, what, what, what was going on when you're in school? Like I get, you're just saying, well, I just had a person, I had a personal <laughs> interest or, but was there lot, had you been to funeral? Had you lost I don't want to get too ahead of myself here, but it is something I do really care about, which is up until that point, you've got people maybe in your life who had died and you're seeing what it means to get cremated. You know what it means to, you know, go to a cemetery and get a burial plot. I'm wondering, is there that background and does it connect to that moment when you started to look into death care? Sort of. I mean, my, but up until that moment, my experience with it had been, um, grandmothers who, two grandmothers who died and we'd cremated them and it wasn't, um, it wasn't awful, but the, but, but the, the funeral moments, that time wasn't special either. It was sort of just like, okay, kind of defaulty and like, oh, not, not much of to offer any of us. And then, and then after founding Recompose and, and working on this for several years, I had two family members die where we, were able to have in both cases home funerals and in one case this beautiful like green burial in this natural setting and so those have informed me even more than the sort of like two grandmothers being cremated because it was like oh why can't everyone have something like this that just is so just feels the very basic boiling it down just feels meaningful Mm -hmm. and and on purpose so so yeah. I have, yeah, so all that has informed my work for sure. Yeah, I, I like that because I think I even already had an inclination to be like, well, tell me about the Catholic church that ran your grandma's, you know, like I don't want to go that direction that sometimes these conversations do go where it's like, well, this is what was wrong and bad. And here's like the answer that's the good one. I like the, well, this is matter of factly how it was done. And actually what's shown light on that, like 
maybe like reminding what's more possible is that you endeavored on a path that could create something that had some kind of sacredness and holiness to it that you hadn't experienced before or like community connection and tenderness or I, I don't know maybe you could explain a little more like what what like even in a specific example, what was it that was so striking? I mean, I'm wondering the first time you did it, was it like, well, this is the matter of fact, like engineer architecture perspective on, on it. And here's how we're going to implement it. And then were you surprised by the emotion that was uh, suddenly available or the spirit that ran through the first time, you know, I'm wondering about that. Let's see. I'm trying to pick that apart a little bit. So, mm -hmm. I mean, again, You'll back to, to grad school. To <laughs> doing <laughs> I that with that. my questions. <laughs> no problem. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Back to grad school again. Like I, I, first of all, grad school was a luxury. It was so cool. Like this, the like the, again, the luxury, the privilege of being like. And I went back quite a few years after undergrad of being like, my job is to think about big ideas. Architecture is about buildings often and usually, but it's also about systems that humans create. So it's like, I started looking at the system of the funeral industry. And, um, I also had, um, had gone to done undergrad in anthropology, which is sort of like also about systems a little bit and, and cultural practices that we humans create. And so it was like just very rich in terms of, um, a place to dive into in the world. So it really started from, it wasn't even like, I mean, I did know that I didn't really want to be cremated and didn't want to be buried. So I was like, okay, setting that aside, then there's also this industry. It's so fascinating. What are the cultural reasons we haven't really innovated at all? Like why, why don't we have more options? All the fear that's tied up into death and dying and, and this sort of like whole industry of, we're professionals. We'll take care of things. You don't, you know, don't worry your pretty head. You couldn't possibly have yeah. the agency to do this yourself. All of that stuff in different ways. Like I really chafe against. Mm -hmm. um, so it was just really interesting to just start from that place. Never once at the beginning saying, I'm going to try to do this. I should figure out how it's possible. I'll try to, you know, legalize, raise money, et cetera, et cetera. It was just, what do I want to, design. Mm. And, um, and I was a little bit obsessed too, with the idea of, okay, I grew up in rural New Hampshire, beautiful place to have a childhood. But when I first moved to Philadelphia for grad for undergrad, rather, I was like, I am never going to live rurally again. I mm. love the anonymity that cities give you. I just love the energy, like everything. I, uh, I want to live in urban settings forever and I love them. Mm-hmm. And then I started thinking about our bodies when we die. And like, if you want to be connected to nature after death, really your options were that you could find, have a natural burial, like in some beautiful conservation burial ground, but it's probably going to be outside the city yeah, because land is at a premium and um, lots of cemeteries are filling right. up full stop. Yeah. And so I was like, huh, that's, it's really a shame that you, if you want to be connected to nature after you die, you have to leave your city that you love. And then I got on this whole kick of like, what is nature? Like mm -hmm. is nature trees and plants or is nature decomposition and the mm -hmm. creation of soil? And so all of this, you can tell this all sounds kind of like design school fodder, right? Sure. 
But there's, um, I feel the emo, I feel emotion in it. Like I feel your passion and excitement in it too. You know, it's like, yeah, I get it. The design perspective is there, but I am almost like, I feel the spirit of, of you kind of infuse, or, you know, maybe even connection to spirit too, like so thoughtfully and heartfelt, uh, too, you know, so that there's not a moment when you're like, this is static and sterile, this idea, it's all I've done, which I think my question, like maybe in, it was kind of like implying, but that you all, all along you've been, I can just feel the energy of this query, you know? Oh yeah. I mean, I, I find it continually fascinating, invigorating, mm. exciting, interesting. It's just never, it never ends. And then there's, there's so many aspects to the whole question of how we care for, let's just say bodies after death and mm. why we do it that way. And on all of it, um, and so that I, and I, I like that there, those through, there's still like this through line from the beginning of like creating in nature in the city and like folding us back into that city that we love after we die and like becoming part of new life. And today we have, you know, clients, we have like stories of that happening where, and so it's really, it's, it's really just so exciting to see mm -hmm. it come to fruition over mm -hmm. time. And yeah. at one foot in front of the other thing, it's like, <laughs> I've had people say to me recently, like, you're just so persistent. Like you've been working on this for so long. And I'm like, I don't think of myself as a patient person at all, or even mm -hmm. necessarily a persistent <laughs> one. I'm like, I guess I am. But like, it's, just a matter well, of yeah, waking I mean, up every years? day. Like, yeah, you're sure. I get yeah. it. But like how many years like have you been working like on 10. this? Like yeah, ten years. Kind of yeah. a long time. Or not a long yeah. time. Yeah, right. Geez, a blink of an eye. I mean, uh, I can relate in, in working with this organization and, and these kind of conversations for a little over a decade and how suddenly I don't know, like there's no other way to wake up, but what is the next thing? You know, like what's the next door to go through to, you know, where suddenly what you've decided leads to the next obvious step because you're just compelled there. Um, yeah. But that, that heart from the beginning is like what leads to have you thoughtfully in the urban contract. I love the leap from, I love the anonymity of the city and I love being here and I don't want to live in the rural area. And then you said, and then I thought about like, what do we do with dead bodies? <laughs> you know, it's like. <laughs> it's an obvious joke. Transition, yeah. <laughs> Um, speaking of dead bodies, this is so curious to me thinking of you in school and probably mostly needing to like, was your thesis on this, uh, your dissertation or, you know, it's and, master's thesis. Ahead. Yeah. Yep. Okay. And was there a time I'm just imagining when I was reading over your bio that you're in school and you're like, all right, I need to get a dead body. Cause like, we need to try this out. <laughs> was that an option or um, what did that look like? That's funny. And then if I, not then, yeah. when did it, when was it the first time that was like, we're doing this? Yeah, we did. That did happen later, but in school it was, I, I do remember first of all, I'm a professors and I, and I huge credit to the professors at university of Massachusetts Amherst, because they were like, yeah, great. Like design a place where humans are composted. That's a great idea for a thesis. Mm -hmm. And then we did a lot of like laughing, you know, as well as design yeah. thinking together. Yeah. But, um, but from the beginning, we all knew that, um, that it wasn't enough to like engineer a way to compost bodies. It, it was really about 
creating the opportunity for ceremony and ritual around this new idea. And, mm -hmm. um, and sometimes I think of the, that opportunity as like, almost like a trick, like we're going to trick Western society into understanding again, that it, that we do like, it's a big deal when someone dies. Yeah. Like you can, you can say it people, so many people say like, just cremate me, don't make a fuss. And there's so much behind that, that I think is, I'm like, no, make a fuss. Someone mm. just died. Like that's, mm -hmm. it's a good idea to make a fuss or yes. mark the moment when someone dies. So, right. so I like, I like to think about all the ways that creating this new way to care for the body opens up the door to saying, Oh, right. And what will I do with that? Like mm. what, what, what kind of ceremony might come with that? Um, but I, yeah. And so my thesis project was a place for to compost the dead that had with it space for ritual and consideration of that to go with the mm. process. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then I didn't meet a dead body at that point. It didn't <laughs> yeah, okay. occur to me until a few years to, later. Did, did, <laughs> I mean, you know, eventually you need the dead body, the first dead body. Right. So yeah, what can you describe that moment? And I think this is yeah. like the two questions should maybe be back to back. It's the like, what is that moment? And then then I think, well, there is an evolution from that first moment to like what you've refined since you've been doing it all these years. Cause it'd be really nice to hear like when I call recompose, um, which by the way, I had, I had emailed y'all like long before I reached out to talk to you, I had emailed and like, I'm in San Francisco. Like what is, how is it possible to like get this service? Um, and so my interest is definitely like, uh, it started before I even knew there would be a chance to talk with you. Um, this is another one of my, you're going to have to pick apart. Let me, let me start over. <laughs> first question is uh, first dead body. And then it is the like refining that to now, which would be when I yeah. get in touch and I'm get the services of recompose, what is that process? Like, what does that look like? Um, so starting with the first question, the dead body. The first yeah. Dead body. So, I'm a Virgo, so I'm going to keep going chronologically. It's going to feel really good to the other Earth signs out there. I think <laughs> everyone's like, okay. So you got a Libra <laughs> over here who asks eight questions in one question. <laughs> um, yeah. So after grad school, and I, you know, presented my thesis, and and there are all these nodding heads in the audience, like not laughing only, but a little bit of chuckling, but also like, yeah, I would want this. And then I um I stood up like a really basic website on Squarespace or something right after I graduated and started a newsletter list to see, cause I kept feeling like there was interest that went beyond my parents and friends and family in this idea. And, um, and then in 2014, I applied kind of on a whim to this fellowship and received a fellowship. It, um, it's a fellowship based in New York called echoing green and they like fund big, bold ideas but mine was like just an idea. I was like, I think we should compost people. And they were like, great, here's enough money for basically two years of your salary. So um, that allowed me to stop the work at a small architecture firm and um, like try to pursue this fully. And that's when I started thinking about like, what is it going to take? Like, okay, there's the idea. People want this, it seems. Now I have time and space to think about what it would take. And so then it was very much like, <laughs> because probably when I started to think like, okay, 
We're well. So okay, backing up. The process is Wait, based. You're supposed to go chronologically. <laughs> I right? know. Just backing up a little bit. <laughs> okay, all right. The process is based on um, a practice that farmers have done for several decades now. Livestock mortality composting is mm. practiced all over the United States. So the science wow. is really there. I didn't come up with that at all. I said, "Oh, look, farmers are doing that. Agricultural institutions are." researching it too and and there's some pretty good studies out there about how safe and effective it is to compost cows wow. and horses oh wow. so yeah i let's never would have guessed that would be that. a part of the yeah great exactly so mm-hmm. starting with that um i i was able to like conceive what the you know what needed to happen next in terms of making it available for humans with a lot of good advice i should say mm-hmm. and we decided to bring the laws are funky in the U S around funeral care. They're different in every state, but, um, but most of them say like list what you can do with a body. So they say like, okay, you can cremate, you can bury, you can donate to science are the three common ones. And so I, you know, some of them, I got some great advice, like, should we just try to operate composting humans and like kind of say it's a form of cremation or something like just kind of, Mm-hmm. No, that's pretty risky. So mm-hmm. we decided to bring a, to actually try to change the law starting in Washington state where I then lived in Seattle. I still live. And um, before we did that, we realized that even though farmers have been doing this for decades, a legislator hearing the idea is going to need to like hear, we did this with humans already. We did study it. It is safe for the environment. I mean, the people are dead, so yes. <laughs> safe for the environment. Safe for them for sure. <laughs> yeah, safe for them. It definitely won't, is. <laughs> won't make that situation any different. Yeah. Exactly. So that is when I started to think, how can I test and prove this process with human beings? Um, and I had already hooked up with this um, soil scientist who was a, an expert in livestock composting at Washington state university out here. Mm. And in fact, I cold called her when I moved out and I said, hi, Dr. Carpenter Boggs, I've read your papers. Um, I would love to do this same thing with humans. And she was like, Oh yeah, my farmer friends have already like thought of that. They like, they love the idea. my friends. Can I just take a moment like we usually do, but maybe with a little more urgency and directness than ever before? My dear listeners, whether you've been listening for a while or you may be listening for the first time, there's something you may not know. And that is you're going to die. The podcast is just an access point and one we care about a lot, but it is just an access point to so much of the other things we're up to. 
You're Going to Die, YG2D is a 501c3 nonprofit, and we need your support more than ever before to keep doing what we're doing, to keep doing this podcast, to keep doing our prison program, Alive Inside, our hospice program, Songs for Life, all the events and workshops that we're up to. We're doing more than ever in 2023, and 2024, we're going to be doing more than that. So really, we've never needed your support more. If you haven't already done this, go to our Patreon account and become a patron now. We need your support at patreon.com forward slash YG2D. You can pay as little as $2 a month. And actually, someone just recently committed $50 a month. You can commit $5,000 a month. Whatever you're able, we need your support in that specific way. I want to thank several community members who have become patrons the last couple weeks. Gabrielle. Hillary, Chris, Jenny, Elizabeth, please know we couldn't keep doing this without you offering your support. Thank you all so much. And for those of you listening, if you have a minimum of $2 a month that you can afford to contribute to our podcast being in the world, please go to patreon.com forward slash YG2D. And remember, if you're supporting the podcast, you're supporting our nonprofit. You're supporting everything we're up to. This podcast takes somewhere around $1,500 a month to get it out in the world. It's not work we do for free. It costs money and we need your support to keep it up. So please consider becoming a patron at patreon.com forward slash YG2D. And if you're not financially capable right now to do that, please rate and review the show. That costs you nothing other than a minute of your time. And additionally, spreading the word about what we're up to with your community. Share this podcast with others. Connect them to what we're up to in the ways they might need it. Whatever you can do to support You're Going to Die and You're Going to Die, the podcast, we thank you so much. And as always, first and foremost, so much gratitude for you listening at all. We're so glad you're here. It's so good to be in your ear. Totally. And, and, and I was like running a newsletter once a month that was like, here's where, what we're doing now. We're trying to f- work on the design. We're talking to WSU about a pilot and like that. And then people would be like, great, Katrina, how can I help? Or people were making, I started a nonprofit organization. People were making donations towards it. You know, it was really, really people were, um, it was cool. People were like kind of galvanized yes. around the idea. Mm. And, um, and so Dr. Carpenter Boggs Lynn and I set up this pilot study with Washington State University Soil Science Department. She went through so much hoops, so many hoops and so much red tape setting up this really rigorous study. They created new ethics committees for us <laughs> for the study. And it took, I think it was about eight months of that kind of work wow. to get to the place where we could have bodies donated to us for the work mm. of proving that human composting was like a safe and effective wow. process. So getting it's Dr. Boggs, is that correct? Carpenter Boggs. Carpenter yeah. With Boggs. a hyphen. Yeah. Okay. Carpenter Boggs. Um, I just want to be clear that the study was the way like it, it got sort of like in the academic umbrella to create a study 
was the way to like be able to go to the legislators and say, look, we did this already with a study with Dr. Carpenter Boggs, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I mean, not only that, but at the testimony of some of the committees, we had the best friend of one of the study participants mm. coming and saying like, this was oh. so important to oh my, my friend. Oh my gosh. You know, I, I'm not surprised to hear that element noted, you know, but it's funny to have ever assumed when I first brought it up that like, you're someone in the world who's just, just stare, like I keep saying this, like sterile, cold perspective, like we will, you know, decompose human bodies, like that all along you knew also there was like heart that needed to be acknowledged, like emotional community connection, what it means to create a new process like this for uh, death care, end of life care, um, when we deal with our dead and know that like that is as important or it's also important, you know, that element. And, and to go back to what you said, which I've talked about this so often in conversations like this, which is, you know, the cremation, sometimes these ways we deal with our dead, like I think you, you know, expressed a version of is the like, we'll just minimal, you know, it's like, it's quick, it's done, we're going to take care of it. And and certainly that's how it was for my mom, you know, when she died in 2003. And, and I think when we're in a culture who's looking around and seeing that that's how we're treated when we go, even unconsciously, you know, it impacts our relationship to mortality, and what it means to die. And to think like when you're dead or when you get old and die, here's the ways you could start, people start treating you as you get older, because we see that, that's a whole nother conversation. And then here's when you're dead, what happens? And then when you're gone after that, here's how we don't really even make space to acknowledge you any longer and be in conversation with you. And so I'm really feeling that like this was an answer to all of that also. I mean, maybe I should be asking that as a question. You know, it feels like you've said that already. It's like this was an answer to that too. Yeah. And it's sort of, it's been self-fulfilling in a way because the the idea of tra transforming my body literally from human into something else, from human into soil, and then that soil going on to just be part of the ecosystem has always been deeply meaningful to me. And so as we've developed it, it we've brought all the people who've helped us in every way, and there's a lot of ways, have also come on for that meaning and that reasoning. Um, cremation is a, is a fine job of, you know, I mean, you know, we don't, we needed this, but we didn't need it because cremation couldn't, and I'm going to use this word of very intentionally dispose of the body Yes. because it does a great job with that. Yes. Climate aside. Yeah. <laughs> and but we needed this for more reasons, for much more than just another way to dispose of the body. Those were big quotes mm -hmm. in the year. Mm -hmm. Um so and then yeah, like it's it's it, one of the other ways I love to think about this is this joining, constant joining and conversation between like the technical, the science, and then the natural and then the ritual and the best moments and it doesn't always happen but the best moments are when those things all come together and actually the practical thing to do let's say is to place a body on a bed of straw and wood chips and alfalfa 
and then cover it with more of the same of that plant material. That also is a beautiful thing to do in a lot of ways and Mm -hmm. smells beautiful and looks beautiful and connects us back to nature and is part of the ritual. And so, so in my favorite moments are when the, the practical thing is the right thing to do on every other level as well. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, that's beautiful. Um, I guess that there is the next question is the, which, which I've already got them lined up now. Cause, cause I'm just thinking, you know, you had to change, do this work to change a law or have a law set up. I guess I want to hear a little more about that. Um, but I am wondering about the, well, tell me about the, the process, you know, like someone reaches out and what's next, you know, and I'm sure there's variations depending, but. Yeah. So we, in 2019, we brought this new statute to the Washington state legislature legislature that said, um, we'd like to legalize a new method of disposition alongside cremation and burial. And the definition of this process would be the contained accelerated conversion of human remains to soil. I kind of love that. Mm-hmm. We thought about it a lot. You, you know, say it again. Like, really, what is <laughs> you it? Say it again. Can you say it again? <laughs> yeah. The contained accelerated conversion of human remains to soil. Mm-hmm. It's very technical and mm-hmm. kind of legal sure, speak. But sure. what's cool about it is it is and it's important to understand is like composting isn't simply natural decomposition of, of, you know, a beautiful nurse log decomposing in the forest somewhere is natural decomposition. Um, A body buried in the field is natural decomposition. Love those things very much. Composting is, is actually natural decomposition that humans are helping to make happen. And so when we talk about human composting, Sometimes people say like, oh yeah, we've, that's been happening for millennia, but it actually hasn't where we are working to decompose a human body, working with nature to make that happen and create a material that then doesn't stay in the ground because it's not placed in the ground, but actually is given back to families mm-hmm. and used as compost. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Um, so can you describe um, what happens when someone brings, you know, the body that they like? A, first of all, I guess it could come either way. Like some people, it seems, are going to commit to this and pay money in advance to have this set up. Is that true? Is that right? Did I read that yeah. correct? Yeah, we um, did. We have a program called Precompose. Because mm-hmm. I love puns, mm-hmm. and my sister-in-law came up with that one. Great. <laughs> um, so Precompose is like a prearrangement plan and you can pay monthly towards your future human composting. We have 20 somethings, 30 somethings, all the way up to 90 somethings mm-hmm. who, who signed up with pre-compose. And, um, that's, I, you know, that's a great way to get a conversation started. I'll tell you what, at yeah. the dinner table. Yeah. And then we're also, I mean, we're serving people who are dying right now or have died. And so recompose is a full service funeral home. We're licensed as a funeral home. And when someone dies, you call us and we take care of everything through the picking up of the body at the place of death, the paperwork, the death certificate, all of that through the transformation of the body into soil. So 
it's the whole the whole journey really. mm-hmm. great yeah that gives me the a little sense for what it could look like. I mean, it still is a version of we are in this with you, you know, maybe a little more like oh, that, yeah. you know, and, and, and I think again, not, not to bag on other options. There was, there is a way when we're grief stricken and we're in loss systems that say we'll take care of this, you know, um, mm-hmm. are so important. And, you know, it sounds like with your offering with recompose, there's a chance to say, well, we have an option to do something at home first, you know, cause yeah, like, so, by the way, like that didn't happen for me and I was too young to know it could be an option. And I'm, you know, like, that's just the reality. My mom didn't yeah. set anything up. Um, but like, I get emotional hearing you describe the body with the putting the nature pieces on under and on top of imagining like dressing my mom in flowers Instead, all I got was, and it was powerful and I'll never forget it, but like walking into the funeral home and seeing her body for five minutes, you know, it changed my life and it impacted that the, the experience of that loss so significantly. And like, what would it have meant to like wash her body and put flowers on her body? You know, no one asked, but it sounds like you do ask. Uh, our team is so committed to giving, you know, making sure that we all know when someone dies, we have agency. And the first way they do that is to, is to let people know that time plays a little bit of a different role when someone has died. And so you, we will come and take and pick up that body for you when it's time. But we know that, but we want you to know, that you can take your time. Mm-hmm. And that's the first thing that our team talks to people about. Mm-hmm. Um, just taking some time, if whether it's like a deep breath or three days. Mm-hmm. And um, all of our team is really knowledgeable about home funeral practices, like how to cool a body if you want to keep it at home for a little bit longer and really practical things that can make that all feel both easier and more supported. Mm-hmm. Um, that's wonderful. Yeah. And then we also have... Um, places that we've designed at our facility in Seattle where you can actually spend time with the body as well and thinking a lot about mm, taking what's so beautiful of home funerals Mm. but recognizing that not everyone wants to maybe the person died in a nursing home or maybe they just don't want to have a person's body in their home living room and so creating spaces where people can spend that time do the body washing or mm. just sit in silence you know there's so many opportunities there that's great yeah i mean i'm thinking with just traditional burial and cremation you know the the maximum version of that might be and i've heard this you know like you can push the button on the you know right um right. And not really with with traditional burial ever hearing anything around like you can come and, you know, maybe like even throwing the dirt on the casket. So it is there is like simple versions of that. But um, is there more to say about how a community and family can be involved with this process beyond what you just described? I mean, is there anything else that maybe you didn't mention that you, you do invite people to participate in with this process? Well, one of the things that I love speaking of time again is so when someone dies and they come to us, um, the next thing that happens after sometimes a ceremony or, or gathering on site is that the person's body is placed into a vessel 
and the composting begins, the composting process begins. And then everybody is different. And the amount of time it's going to take for you to transform into soil is going to be different. And it's not just like, oh, this person is bigger than that other person. It's mm. all sorts of different reasons that, wow. you know, microbial mood swings or something. Mm-hmm. Not really, but maybe. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? Like they're going to take longer than you. Yeah. So we really work with our families to be like, this is not a two to four hour cremation. This is a this is a two to three month long process altogether. Mm. And, and so then with that length of time comes another opportunity, which is when that soil is completed and when it is ready for use on plants and trees, we've seen families come and friends come together and create, you know, moments and ritual around the use of that soil Mm -hmm. because, um, and then you have a few months have passed. And so the grief is different and the, everything is different. Mm -hmm. I mean, I love that because I think we need more time uh, to return and especially even like maybe even in talking of, of like, is there windows where it's most important, like the year after the death, you know? And so really feeling a lot about knowing that that's, that's an option. Clearly, I'm just researching you right now to be like, all right, great, sign me up. Um, but but kind of, mm-hmm. you know, you hope people listening, that's what I hope is, is, is um, knowing the option as intimately as possible in an hour of talking with you feels like it matters a lot. I think that leads to the the last question I have, which is currently, you know, Washington, you've, you've made an impact in, in where you're living and where recompose is located. Um, and then there's people living all over the country and maybe all over the world that might listen to this episode or find out about recompose. I guess I wonder about like what for them or maybe more importantly to like keep it in your uh supposedly persistence um your path with this work what do you feel is next i mean do you think about going to other states and getting these laws helping other organizations and other you know go ahead yeah so we've had since 2020 or excuse me 2019 when the washington state bill passed six other states have legalized the process so including um New York and California, these like bookends mm-hmm. of the state. Yeah. So we've got seven, seven states total have legalized human composting. And um, there's, I think, about 10 more states that have bills that are in the works. Mm-hmm. That's way Wait, faster than on, I expected. Katrina. So, I mean, really, yeah. like, this is a yeah. result of you, your work. I mean, I understand you've done a great job of acknowledging the people and the advice and the support and the people you work with, but, but this, these changes in all these States is because what Washington is where it started. For sure. Yeah. The hundred oh percent. It's pretty That's cool. So yeah. 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 It's pretty cool. So like, um, so now the question is very much like, how do we get to be everywhere? How does some version at least of this get to be everywhere that people want it? Um, and so, yeah, we're actually, we work with different organizations and, and people, we're in a lot of conversations with people about like, we've spent years and years perfecting this process and this equipment. I mean, there is a lot of engineering and, and work and time that went into figuring out how to do this well. And so we're in conversation with folks about like how to license that with like work with them so they can open places in different states and in frankly, all over, all over the world, there's interest 
it's really fun. Mm, like it's this so sort of like cool moment I'm in right now. Mm. Yeah. This moment of right now is this moment of like recompose did what we set out to do and have created this beautiful place. Quick plug. You can come and tour us at recompose Seattle. And if you're not in Seattle, you can sign up for a virtual tour. We love that. Awesome. So, and now we want to spread it. And so we're looking at how to do that, like through licensing partnerships primarily. Yeah. Cool. I mean, do you think about having Recompose open other locations in other states or is it, like you said just now, mainly through partnership? We'll look at doing both. Mm -hmm. It's expensive to open new facilities, bottom line. And um, I've very intentionally raised money not through venture capitalism, only through individuals and family offices and stuff. So we have sort of like a... um, a really good challenge that way in terms of the funding and how to expand. That's incredible. Um, I'm so excited and I'm just feeling very grateful that I got to like dig into all this with you for no pun intended for, for no pun intended. Uh, you like puns. <laughs> um, I'm so curious about like the, a moment when you, especially early on with some of the first times that you started this service, um, where you were overcome when you would just look around you and see like that home burial, that led to you doing this process with, with a a dead body and having you like wondering if you just burst into tears ever doing some of this. Cause I can just feel your passion and heart in it. Like, and just be like overcome, you know, to be a part of such, such unfoldings. I'm not a big crier, but like, I'll definitely walk into, (laughs) I'll like walk into Seattle our Seattle facility and like, just, you know, look at this array of composting vessels, know that many of them have people at bodies Mm -hmm. at different stages of this process, decomposing, recomposing. And I just think like, Hey everyone, thank you. Like, thank you for being here. It's just so cool. And I really, that's when I think it hits me the most. And I'm just like, I'm here with these, these people. It's really cool. Thanks to Katrina Spade for making time to have this wonderful conversation with me. It means so much. If you want to find out more about Recompose, go to recompose.life. Yeah. And that link will be in the show notes, along with some other ways to connect to Katrina, including Instagram and all that jazz. Nick Jaina, hello. How are you? Hello. I'm not going to answer that question. I want to know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to skip that one and move on to another lighter option. Mm -hmm. Uh, What do you plan to do with your dead body? Well, let me tell you, I think (laughs) it's good to be talking about it because- Have we not talked about this yet? No. Um, Seems crazy. I do. I think it's good to be thinking of these things actually logistically and like what is actually possible because Mm. I just have the vague dream of 
walking out into a forest when it's my time to die and just laying down in the leaves and just letting the leaves fall mm -hmm. on me and just die and drift away. But mm -hmm. I imagine that somebody would come along and like scrape me out of there and throw me in a box. And, <laughs> oh, oh, right. Scrape. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you can't just like something, something brash. You can't just melt into the forest and not be disturbed. It right? takes time. Or you'd, yeah. <laughs> it takes too much time. You'd have to go really far out and then it would be like an incident yeah. and then be like, Oh my God. But like, mm. there's a, I just never thought about the big disparity between just my, my urge to, to die in that way. And like what is actually allowed, you know? Mm, yeah. Yeah. As difficult it seems to even make like a burial on your property. If we owned like 300 acres out in the nature of California, there are restrictions to how you can deal with your, your dead. Um, and so, yeah, the, but the inclinations there, yeah. <laughs> like to return to nature, well, like you, you're describing. I never thought know? about this before, but like, I would really like to, die where I then rest, you know, like, and, and like mm -hmm. not be moved after, you know, mm. I, I don't, yeah. have you ever thought of that? Yeah. I mean, I guess not, uh, you know, cause I think about dying in a hospital or dying in a house. Um, I think what I love about this conversation, maybe in a way that connects what you're articulating is that recompose. And we talk about this in the conversation, right? It's this chance to slow things down and to have someone let you slow down. And that the version of, of what you described that I have thought about is the, what I wished I'd had with my mom, which is di three days of being with her body, you know, mm -hmm. and, and visiting and washing her and dressing her in flowers or, or Hey, like Katrina talks about with this, this composting, um, so there is a way that's like, let it be still, don't rush it off. Yeah. I think what you're describing for the most part never has happened uh, <laughs> uh, other than when someone, someone <laughs> lived in nature at okay. some point I'm and learning. did just have their like homestead <laughs> learning, and they just went out into sat by the tree and died. And then no one found them because no one came around that often, you know, hundreds of years ago. Well, I guess um, I'm thinking of animals. Mm, mm hmm. Which we are. And I wonder, like, recompose. <laughs> when you listen to Katrina describe the process, are you like, okay, like, that's close or closer to what I'm, what you're describing, you're inclined towards? I guess I'm more concerned about the actual dying moments and where I am. Oh, uh, yeah. And, mm -hmm. and I would like that to be something like out in the leaves and, you know, and, mm. and then feel like I'm just then rooting into the ground, you know, like, like that process really excites me. And so mm -hmm. I, I guess I'm realizing that that's impossible is what you're saying. <laughs> we did talk a little bit about that option that Katrina acknowledged as, as something powerful, which is the just being in the earth and returning in the most basic of ways, like decomposing very naturally. Um, I love the idea that you're describing before any of this, which is that you would be able to walk out or, or rolled out in your, your bed or your, your wheelchair and just pass in the context of, of total return in nature and that the dead body piece, however many days, like some people believe your spirit somehow still bound to your body or there's still activity somehow, uh, of aliveness. Um, 
you know, that there would be time enough that passes so that all you depart with is being in nature. And I think about the three day thing as the, well, maybe there would be a way, Nick, that you could plan on a property you own someday or a property you belong to, to go out and die in nature and then just be honored in nature for several days before finally the steps are taken to, you know, the, Scraping. Yeah, the scraping <laughs> before the scraping <laughs> needs to occur. So, like, I'm just thinking, like, what are the closer ways to get to this? And I think Katrina's recompose is offering something that feels like a return uh, more than what it felt like to cremate my mother or other things I've thought about, you know, with my own dead body. And I love that about what they're up to. Okay, I have a new strategy. Uh huh. I think. And the, I'm I know, taking notes. I know this. <laughs> is, is you have People a ask me, you have a what does Nick want? What does Nick? Yeah, I'll have it signed. Um, I know this gets challenging if I'm old and I'm not as able, but like to just get out as far as possible into nature to where there's a long enough time after I die to decompose to where it's not even going to be possible to scrape me off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. That I'm going to bring out sounding as romantic as <laughs> it does. It doesn't. Every time you talk about it, it doesn't end romantic sounding, but it's clear. And I want to support you getting as close as possible to this at the end of your life. Okay. Because like, um, that's why I'm taking notes. Uh, our nomadic uh, ancestors would be traveling around. And when somebody was like slowing down the group, they'd get a, a jug of water and a blanket and they t- would just be like, all right, you got to go over there. Mm-hmm. We're, we're mm-hmm. going to continue on, you know? Yeah. And I, I, I know that sounds like harsh, but like, I would love that. Mm. Yeah. I, I love the idea. Um, I'd love a short story, by the way, of you like articulating this, a version of your will in your own creative writing to describe how your body and how your dying goes. Wait, but before we go, what, what about you? Oh, um, you know, I, I, I think similarly, there's a return to nature that I've always imagined going to Big Sur and having my ashes, like put in a tiny boat at the top of a running, running water, like a Creek or a river that goes out into the ocean. And I imagine like my kids and, and maybe my partner and my family and friends, like running after this tiny boat filled with my ashes as it, as it goes down, down, down to the, to the beach and out into the ocean. Now, most of the creeks, they just, the boat would not make it all the way. Um, but I think that what I'm articulating is the romantic return to nature. And, and really what was actually special with my mom was going out to Point Reyes here in California, a lighthouse and getting to return her to the ocean. And I'll never forget. It was, it was incredibly powerful. Um, I want something like that, almost like what you're describing, but giving, um, people who love me a chance to be in a context that's, that's beautiful, you know, and, and calming and peaceful like nature so often is for us. So yeah, it's similar to that. And like I mentioned at the intro and with Katrina, I'd looked into recompose cause you can actually pay like we talk about to get this dialed in advance and, and, and even start paying now to like, have it be waiting for you and your dead body. That sounds really wonderful to me. Actually, when you look at the photos of the, the recomposed site, uh, like Katrina talks about the, the moment of walking in there for them and seeing and knowing all these bodies are slowly returning to 
to compost and then ultimately into the earth somehow. Uh, I just think that's so beautiful. And if I hadn't already been interested, Katrina like locked it in for me. And I imagine for you listeners, maybe you feel the same way. But if you're on Spotify listening to the podcast, we'll pop up a survey. Tell us how you want your dead body honored. Go into Spotify podcast. If you're listening to the podcast through there, it's it's going to be a part of the podcast Q&A right underneath the episode. And if you're not listening on Spotify, you can pop over there and find You're Going to Die the Podcast and add your own opinion for how your body will be honored to our little survey. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks again to Katrina, and thank you, Nick. Sure. I mean, you're I'm welcome. committed. I'm, oh, <laughs> wow. Um, I'm, <laughs> I'm committed, as are all the listeners, this, this audio will, how Nick Jana wants his body handled in the end. I think with enough people, we can make it happen, buddy. Well, it's up to me, really. I don't know what you can do. <laughs> I just oh, got to walk out into nature. dead body's dead, it's going to be up to me. <laughs> All right, Nick. Thanks, bud. Okay, everybody. Thanks for listening. Until next time. Bye-bye.